Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. I'm Jim Richards with Impact Cyber Church. You're going to love what we're talking about today because I'm telling you, Jesus said it's something that everybody's going to face. It's something that everybody's going to deal with, and it's the pain of offense. You know something? What I'm going to be sharing with you, and we're going to, we're going to take a little journey here for the next several weeks, but what I'm going to be sharing with you literally has the power to finally end the pain and its influence over your life of things that have happened to you in the past, but even maybe more important than that is I'm going to show you how from a biblical perspective based on Jesus' teachings, how we can almost become immune to offense. I mean, just imagine how your life would change if People just couldn't offend you. People couldn't hurt you the way that you've been hurt many times in your life. Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, it's, it's not only very possible that it can happen. It's, if you believe this, it's very probable that it will happen. But even more importantly, uh, it, it can happen, and there's, it's really not that difficult. So if you're ready to experience healing from the pain of offense, but also enter into the realm of prevention from the pain of offense, then you're at the right place at the right time. And I'll tell you, you're, you're going to get a lot out of this. You know, Jesus said in, in Luke 17, 1, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Now, that in itself is just such an uh, overwhelming statement to know that there is no escaping the fact that there are offenses that are going to come, there's potential offenses that are going to come. But the question is, whether or not that offense can have any power over me. Now, now just imagine, think about what it would be like uh, for it to be almost impossible for somebody to insult you. Or think what it would, would, would be like uh, uh, if, 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 you know how the person you love the most is the person that can really hurt you the most? And, and you know, your husband, your wife, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your fiance, Fiance, whoever it is, you know, it's like the more you love them and value them and care about them, the more sensitive you are to the things they say and do. But just imagine if you could take that element out of the relationship and suddenly there, there weren't going to be hurt feelings that were going to be happening in the future. There weren't going to be times of you getting wounded and, and having to figure out how to work it through and how, to, how not only to heal your heart, but to heal your relationship. Well, well, you can. Now, the word offense is a really interesting word because when we think of offense, we tend to think of somebody hurting our feelings. Now, actually, an offense, and it can be hurt feelings, that's, that can be a part of it, but ultimately, an offense is something that would cause you to stumble. Now, it's very important that you understand this. The greatest danger of offenses is that 
it can affect your heart. It can affect you inwardly in such a way that even though you didn't commit the crime, so to speak, you, you didn't take the action. You just you were the receiver of somebody's unkindness. You were you were the person who somebody's criticisms, they were pointed towards you. But so you didn't do it. But in the end, you can end up being destroyed more by those things that somebody else does sometimes than if you were the one who committed the act, the, the offensive act. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you. So Jesus says in Luke 17, 1, um, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But listen to this, woe to him through whom they come. And so, okay, so you know that, that, that okay, that person right there, they've got their issues between them and God that they've got to work out. But in verse three, it jumps to something that you don't even, I remember when I first read this, I thought, why is this even here? Because verse three says, so you take heed to yourself. And it starts to tell you how to deal with it if your brother sins against you and, and thereby creates an offense. Now, when I first read this as a, as a young believer, I'm thinking, okay, why should I have to take heed to myself when he's the guy or she's the person that did this. Well, that's what we're going to get into. And we're going to get into how even though the other person takes the action, we can end up in more devastating circumstances than the person who actually wronged us. And uh, uh, you know what? It's an amazing thing how many people today can't connect with God can't experience the promises of God because of past offenses that have never been resolved. I remember years ago, I was doing a meeting in a church and, uh, you know, we had an altar call and I was praying for people. And, uh, you know, I don't always do that. There's times that I do that. And so that night, it was just one of those nights I felt that sense to, to lay hands on people and pray for them. And, you know, we were just seeing some tremendous things happen. And so there was a, a, one particular lady that I prayed with and, you know, and she said she'd been prayed for many times and, you know, nothing had ever happened, nothing ever come of it. Well, you know, I think when we pray about things, something should happen. I, I always expect things to happen, whether it's going to happen right in that moment or, or, or you know, shortly thereafter. I, if I pray for somebody, I'm expecting some kind of results to come. Uh, so, you know, when she told me that, you know, she'd been ministered to several times and nothing happened and I prayed for her and man, I could, t I could feel it in my heart that nothing was happening, that she wasn't receiving anything that God wanted to do in her life. Well, uh, so I asked her, and I don't normally ask this question because I don't usually put people on a checklist, to, you know, when they're trying to get healed to figure out what's wrong. But, but, you know, I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, do you have any, any offense against anyone or, or do you have anybody that you, you need to forgive? Now, we don't like to admit this, but the Word of God very specifically links our capacity to receive what is freely given to us in Jesus. It links that very much to whether or not we are forgiving other people. Now, see, that sounds like dead works. That sounds like you're doing something to earn something back from God. But that's, that's really not what it is. It, it's really an, an issue of the heart. Now, for those of you who have a, 
who have followed my teaching for a long time, you know, I, I have a program called Heart Physics, and, and we call it Heart Physics because one of the things that I saw from the Word of God is that what, how our heart works is, is really a mirror image of how uh, the world around us works. And so uh, the Apostle Paul said, when referring to physics, he didn't use the word physics, but that's what we would use. He, 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 says, he says that uh, the unseen things of God can be understood by the things that He has created or by the things that we can see. And so, you know, from that I began to understand that God created the world in such a way that we could understand things about Him, understand things about His nature, but also realize that we can understand things about our own heart and how it works. Now, in, in, in creation, one of the things we realize in creation is that everything works off of polarity, which means there is a, a positive and there is a negative polarity. And without positive and negative polarities, there actually could be no physical world. See, when, you know, God doesn't live in the physical world. Uh, he spoke the physical world into existence from eternity. Now, Jesus came and the Holy Spirit you know, was poured out on the earth. And so, so God, through the Holy Spirit, yes, He lives in our heart. I, I understand that. But when God created the physical world, there had to first be polarities. Everything that exists functions and holds together because of positive and negative polarities. Now, I first saw this, not through the laws of physics, but I first saw this when the Apostle Paul was teaching the book of, of Corinthians and he was talking about, uh, uh, about uh, uh, the grace of giving. And he made reference to uh, this work of grace where they had received these gifts from people. And then he talked about the grace for generosity. And, and what I came to understand, and I won't go into the whole, the whole uh, sermon here, but what I came to understand is this. Grace, which is God's ability, God's strength, God's power, whatever you want to call it, God's life, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just one component. But grace is the strength and power of God that works in you. Grace is like a two-edged coin or two-sided coin. And, and one of the things I realize about the grace of God is that you cannot get the grace to receive something unless you are also seeking the grace the capacity, the strength of God to be able to give it away. Now, that's a pretty interesting phenomenon. When you go back to the greed that, that was permeating the prosperity message, first of all, there's nothing wrong with knowing that God wants you to prosper. I mean, anybody that's got one eye and a half sense and can read the Bible, you can find dozens, if not hundreds of scriptures uh, that promise God's desire for you to prosper, for you to be successful, for you to have a great life. I'm not saying that he wants you to be a, a multimillionaire and drive a gold Cadillac. None of that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But he wants you to prosper and be in good health. God wants you to live like you're in the Garden of Eden every single day. There is no doing away with that. But one of, the, one of the great deceptions of the prosperity gospel, as they called it, was that it was all about getting and, it, and receiving. It was never about giving. It was never about, uh, about what am I going to do with the money other than be self-indulgent. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that God can bring us into prosperity with no trouble added to it. 
And, and everything about the prosperity message promoted greed and everything. So I don't want to go into the whole prosperity message. But the point is, part of the corruption of that message was seeking to receive something without desiring to be generous. And I'll tell you, the person who seeks to prosper without seeking to be generous is a person that will be destroyed if, in fact, they, they do become prosperous. But it's the same thing in loving relationship. The person who only seeks to be loved without seeking to be generous and giving love, that person will just be a self-centered jerk that when somebody does come around that, that loves them, uh, they're just going to use them. It's going to be take, 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 take. And it's never going to be about giving, 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 giving. And so for anything to thrive in this world, there has to be, the, the, there's the law of giving and receiving. I mean, it gets down to how the cells of the body work. Everything in life works around these positive and negative polarities of, of, of giving and receiving. I mean, just stop and think about electrical current. You know, in an alternating electrical current, if you lose either, either one, the ground or the positive, if, if either one of them no longer make contact, then all of the flow stops. Well, that's the way it is with God. And that's the way it is in our heart. God is not the one that stops the flow. But in our heart, we start or stop the flow, if you will, of what God, we're trying to receive what God is trying to give us, but we're not willing to give it back or give it away. So, so uh, this whole concept of, of sorting out forgiveness and Jesus more than once connects this to scriptures about prayer and scriptures about faith. So it's like, okay, if he's teaching about prayer and he's teaching about faith, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he starts talking about my need to forgive others so that I can receive from God. Maybe since Jesus said it, I should listen to it. But don't turn it into legalism. Don't turn it into, I've got to earn God's healing. That's not what he's talking about. It is talking about your capacity to give or to receive something. What was really interesting Back to my story. Oh, man, this happened, oh, 30, 35 years ago, I guess. And so the church that night, since they had me in as a special speaker, they had a, like a, uh, they had a, a, a what they would call a, a little fellowship gathering afterwards. And, you know, they had cake and cookies and sandwiches and soft drinks and all that kind of stuff. And they, you know, so I was meeting the congregation. I was talking to people and sharing. And so it was almost time to leave and so this woman that, that, that's, that when I asked her, she said, no, there's nobody I haven't forgiven. You know, no, I don't, I don't have anything in my heart against anybody. So, you know, a couple hours later, I'm getting ready to leave. And she walks up to me and, and she looks me straight in the eyes and she says, do you think maybe that since I hate my daughter-in-law, this might have something to do with it? You know, uh, yeah. It absolutely might have something to do with it. Now, there are people out there, like I said, that would argue all day long that, that uh, uh, no, that has nothing to do with it. Everything we have in Jesus is free. It is free. But the, the question is, do I have the capacity in my heart to receive it? And is what I'm pouring out of my heart onto other people or what I'm refusing to pour out of my heart onto other people, does that affect the flow of the life of God in and through my life. Now, offenses are, are incredibly interesting because offenses and the power of an offense works around the very law of, 
of giving and receiving that I'm talking about here. Now, I'm telling you, this, this this is going to be a little edgy for you a little bit, and it's going to be a little frustrating for you a little bit, but I am telling you, if you'll hang in here with me, you can, you can finally put an end to the pain of the past, but mainly how that pain affects you. And you can neutralize offenses that will come your way in the days to come and pretty much walk through life offense free, not really having to go through all, all of this kind of stuff over and over again. Uh, in the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter, it says, it says something really interesting. And again, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, we really made it pretty complicated, pretty strange and all this kind of stuff. But uh, Jesus is teaching and, and he says to judge not. And then he makes this incredible statement that we tend to take out of context. We tend to apply it incorrectly and, and go someplace that God never intended for us to go. He says, judge that you be not judged. He says, for with the measure you meet, it will be measured to you. Now, we take that passage of Scripture right there, and we actually apply that to God, and we say, see, if I judge other people, then God is going to judge me. That is absolutely not what that Scripture is saying. This is not talking about what you do to other people, and as a result, God does something back to you to get even with you or to make you pay for it. Um, as a matter of fact, let's just go ahead and read another scripture. It's the same scripture uh, over in the book of Luke, the sixth chapter. And Luke, the sixth chapter, Luke six thirty-eight. You know, most of the time when people go to Luke six thirty-eight, they're getting ready to take up an offering. You know, you so you grab your billfold with one hand when they say Luke six thirty-eight. But uh, Luke 6, 38, where it says, Give and it shall be given to you. Press down, shake together, run over, shall men give unto your bosom, the King James says. Uh, you know, that, that, uh, that passage of the Scripture really doesn't ha- per se, in context, have anything to do with money. Now, it applies. It can apply. It can be, you can understand some things about giving and receiving uh, uh, financially or giving and receiving, you know, those sorts of things. But let's, let's go back to verse 37. Judge not and you shall not be judged. This is the exact same thing that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. But we understand something here when we bring this into context. Because he goes on to say, Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And then he brings it into context. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, in the context, and based on the language, this is indicating that this is what happens between me and someone else. When I give mercy to people, people are more apt to give mercy back to me. When I give forgiveness to other people, people are more apt to give forgiveness to me. When I am patient with other people, people are more apt to be patient with me. And, and, and in fact, uh, based on the law of sowing and reaping, I always get more back than I give. So, so if, I'm, if I'm giving patience to people, 
you know, I'm going to experience more patience back than I'm probably ever going to give out because seeds always multiply. You know, you don't plant one seed and get, and get one apple. You plant one seed and get a whole apple tree, you know, full of apples. So, so this thing about judging and what comes back to me is critically important if we're going to discover how to get past offenses. And let me just, let me just insert this in here. Um, uh, on Impact Unlimited, in the very near future, you're going to have an opportunity, if you want to, to participate in uh, what we call a life transformation seminar where, where we will be doing heart work and I will be walking you through every single week, actually every single day for a few weeks, um, dealing with offenses, getting past them, learning to put off, put on, learning to deal with pain and just absolutely get past it because I'm going to cover everything I can here in this program. And you have my book, How to Stop the Pain, and you have a whole series on this that you can get uh, that, that I'm telling you is going to give you tools to work with. But if you even want to go farther and get into a workshop situation, learn some exercises to deal with this stuff and have me coach you through it, then that's what we're going to be doing in Impact Unlimited. And I'll be giving you some more information about that real soon. Now, why does judging play such a role in offenses? And that's got to, that's got to be one of the questions that you're asking. Well, it's, it, understand this. The word judge comes from the word krino, the Greek word krino. And this word means really to decide between, between two things. And... Uh, Judgment is something that man claimed for himself in the Garden of Eden when he partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so judgment revolves around deciding what's good and what's bad, deciding around what's going to help you, what's going to hurt you. The whole concept of good and evil is much more than just morality and, and ethics. I mean, it just gets into what's going to make you healthy, what's going to make you sick, what's going to give you peace, what's going to give you chaos, uh, what's, going to, what's going to keep you connected with God, what's going to mess your relationship with God. In other words, good and evil is, is a very, very, very broad concept. So, so man gained the capacity in the garden of good and evil to be a God unto himself and to judge in situations and, and to define what is good and evil. Now, when someone does something to me uh, or toward me, might be a better way to say it, when somebody does something toward me, I am going to go into judgment mode. And when I go into judgment mode, something happens that is more phenomenal than anything you can imagine. As a matter of fact, you're going to understand when I explain this to you, you're going to understand why Jesus said you need to take heed to yourself if somebody offends you. Yeah, it's better for them that a mill, millstone be hung around their neck. Yeah, yeah, they've got, they're going to have to work through their own stuff. But I'm telling you, even though it wasn't your fault. And see, here, here's an amazing thing. As someone who has been in the ministry for almost a half a century, who, you know, I've had substance abuse programs. I've had counseling programs. I, you know, I, I, I had a clinic where we dealt with substance abuse more than anything else. I have done all kinds of family counseling. I have talked one-on-one -on -one to hundreds of thousands of people over the years. And, and, and here's, here's, the amazing, here's the amazing thing is that, is that most people are living in their pain and they're still focused on 
the person that did something to them or what the person did to them. And that is still the focus. And that means that that means that in order for them to, to cure this pain, something has to happen with that person. Well, the problem is that person could be dead and gone, or that person could have repented of what they had done, dealt with it in their heart, and be moving on with God and have a better life than you're having. You know, I've had many people sometimes tell me, say, God, this is just unfair. God is unfair. Why is that person having a better life? Look what they did to me, or look what sin they committed. Well, that's why Jesus said, listen, when someone commits an offense towards you, you better take heed because you can end up in worse shape than they're going to end up in. You know, uh, I went through a really difficult time in my life and made some bad decisions. And uh, this was, you know, this was 40 years ago and left the ministry for, for a period of time. Didn't feel like I should be in the ministry. Didn't want to be in the ministry. And, um, and so, you know, God just would not leave me alone with, about this. I mean, he just would not leave me alone. Well, my behavior during that period of time was offensive. In other words, it caused other people to stumble, caused them to stumble in their relationship with God, caused them to stumble uh, in, in, in certain areas of their life. But what was interesting, you know, when I finally... And I didn't have any problem dealing with my issues. I didn't have any problem facing my sin. I didn't have any problem working it through. Uh, but when, when I finally said, all right, God, I, I'll keep following you in the ministry. I, you know, I kept following him in my life, but I didn't want to be in the ministry anymore. And so, I mean, I wanted to win people to Jesus. I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to be in the pulpit ministry. But what was interesting is when I finally said yes to God, it was like overnight I had a worldwide ministry. Overnight I was doing crusades all over the world. Overnight I was having all this kind of success. Those people that had been offended by the fact that I had some struggles in my life, man, they became so bitter and they told me straight up, you know, God shouldn't be doing this for you. You shouldn't be the one having these blessings. And I'll tell you, many of them are probably still angry with God to this very day. So we have to take heed to ourselves when we face an offense. But I want to show you something. You see, when we're trying to determine good and evil, when another person takes an action, and we're trying to, we're passing a judgment, we're going to decide the way we're going to judge whether or not they had good or evil intent, we're going to judge why they said what they said, why they did what they did. Now, the moment you decide why someone d did something, that is, the, that is the measure of your judgment right there. In that moment, that measurement, that judgment determines how their actions are going to affect you. Another person's actions directed toward you can only affect you based on the significance you give to those actions. If you don't give significance to those actions, then the real truth is those actual actions are, are meaningless. They're, they're kind of neutral. They're neither bad nor good. But you see, when judgment comes in and says, this is why you did this. In other words, I'm going to determine if you did it, if you meant good or if you meant evil, by assuming to know why you did it. You know, that's like the person that, that's like the person that, uh, 
you're going in church and, and, and you say hello to them and they walk by you and they don't say hello. And, you know, they didn't even see you. Something, they had something in their eye, whatever. They're just trying to get to their seat. And you walk out and you go, you know what? I know why she didn't speak to me. She's never liked me. She's always thought she was better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly you are giving significance to an action that that other person may not even know that they took. But you know what? It's hurting you. It's not hurting you because of what they've done. It's hurting you because of your judgment, the significance you've attached to this. Listen, we're going to go through this. I'm going to show you how to get free from passing judgments, free from offense of the past and neutralizing offenses in the future. And I'm going to tell you what, get ready. Start reading my book, How to Stop the Pain. We'll be talking some more about this. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.